welcome everybody to the next uh, podcast episode of a very interesting topic. It's a paper called Same Day Discharge Shoulder Arthroplasty is a Safe Option Prospective Cohort Study. It's from the Netherlands. And um, together with me today is Dr. Gregory Cunningham. He's consultant in shoulder and elbow surgery in the Division of Orthopedics and Trauma Surgery in Geneva in the University Hospital there in Switzerland. Hi, Gregory. Hi, Robert. Thanks a lot for the invite. I hope you're doing well, Gregory. I'm doing fine, thanks. Looking forward to talk about uh, this uh, podcast. Uh, interesting topic. We had the we had that interview with the author Gregory, and uh, I mean, if you read this title, same day discharge shoulder arthroplasty, safe option. So does that really mean patient comes in, you do your arthroplasty, and you send him home the same day? As I read that title, <laughs> seems uh, it seems quite surreal. At least ten years ago, I think this would have been. Uh, Science fiction, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, if I think about it, and I think I, I, I can't sleep. You know, when I sent this patient home, and I did just a prosthesis, I, it's I, I would be super excited because I think, oh my god, I, I have to stay in hospital and wait until the patient returns because there, there has to be a problem. But these authors, they say, no, you can do it, and you can do it pretty safely. And they, uh, they tested in total 35 patients. And in all of them, they did same-day arthroplasty surgery. And they say, well, it's safe. But they had some criteria. Gregory, can you say us something about the criteria they used? So absolutely. They were very cautious with the criteria of inclusion. Um, they were all ASA1 or 2 patients. Um, they had a maximum of three risk factors, on the modified frailty index, which is a very interesting uh, score. And also the patients had to be okay and motivated to be discharged on the same day. So it's a lot of, uh, it's all about uh, beliefs, of course. So they looked at um, the primary outcomes were complications, readmissions, and of patient satisfactions. But they also looked at the NRS pain score, the Oxford Shoulder Score, Quality of Life Questionnaire, and uh, they had a follow-up of three months postoperative, which is, in my opinion, uh, quite long enough to exclude any complications due to the length of stay in the hospital. And what about the result, Robert? They had uh, uh, all patients discharged, really, on the same day, all but one. And only one patient experienced some prolonged wound leakage and this patient was readmitted, but no other patient of this cohort experienced any complications or readmissions. And so at the end, uh, they conclude that it's a safe and effective treatment if you adhere to, to the criteria they set. So not too many risk factors, sufficient social support. So um, at the end, I think, well, they have to use some magic anesthesia to to uh, for these patients so they do not suffer pain or maybe patients from this region they are not very uh, well painful people I don't know but um, it's super super interesting um, to read about this and especially to listen to the authors so Gregory I think we can jump in 
and listen to what uh, what the authors uh, tell about uh, about this study. With pleasure. I want to welcome you, everybody. Thank you for joining us here with our next session on this episode. And we are talking to Dirk van Kampen from the Dijklander Ziekenhuis in the Netherlands. I hope I spelled that right. And he's going to tell us something about his study, which is called Same Day Discharge Shoulder Orthoplasty is a Safe Option Prospective Cohort Study. Dirk, can you give us insight on your study? What exactly have you done there? Yes, thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, yes, I'm from um, uh, Horn, which is uh, like 20 minutes from, uh, uh, from Amsterdam. Uh, what we did is uh, uh, part of our patients now are really uh, treated that we operate them and they leave the hospital the same day. Um, We started out this, we were, my colleagues were already having experience with doing hip arthroplasty and this was going very, very quite well. So we decided that this should also be an option for the shoulders. Uh, I think a big advantage is that, uh, well, the patients are not sick. Uh, they don't have problems walking, of course, because we work on their shoulder. Uh, so they can have a block. Um, and Uh, we see that there are more patients ask us for it. And especially, I think, now in COVID time, you see that patients prefer not to stay in the hospital and they like to go home. So it's uh, definitely becoming more, uh, more popular. Uh, the first question is, of course, can, is this safe? Well, we know from the hip and the knee that if you do a good patient selection, that this can, do, can be done safely. What I found was a very interesting uh, publication from Courtney in 2015. Uh, he, uh, they did a retrospective analysis of 170,000 patients and they looked at their complications and they saw that if you do a good patient selection, that these patients have a very small chance to, uh, to, get, uh, uh, to get big problems. So they say it can definitely be done uh, in daycare for hips and knees, but that should probably fit for shoulders as well. But uh, what I found extra interesting is that the, uh, if you look at the complete group of arthroplasty patients, so also the patients with ASA three or four, that uh, most patients get their complications in the third or the fourth day. So that was really a relief for me that even if you do your arthroplasty and they stay for one night, uh, if they go home, they can still get their cardiac or their lung problems. So it probably doesn't make a difference if they stay uh, only for a few hours in the hospital or 24 hours, like in most other, most other countries. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's definitely a safe thing to do as long as you do a good patient selection. Uh, the other worry was, of course, pain. We first did a retrospective view of our last 35 cases, and uh, we saw that the patients uh, have quite little pain the next day. So pain doesn't seem to be a big problem in the arthroplasty patients as long as they good, get a good uh, block. So this way we started, uh, we made a big group, uh, a big book, sorry, with uh, information for the patients. So they're very well prepared. So they know what they can expect of the surgery. So we started in April uh, two years ago. We operated now uh, 30 patients. Um, and if we look at the group, uh, like I saw uh, during, during the presentations uh, from 108 patients, 33 patients were selected to be done in daycare. Eventually, three patients did stay an extra night, 
So 90% of our pre-selected patients were able to go home the same day and we had no readmissions and the patients were very happy with it and we see that uh, uh, it's not a big problem with pain. Um, very importantly, I think to tell is that we don't use drains at all. I must say in the Netherlands, we don't do drains anymore for hip, knees, and we, uh, we don't use a drain for shoulder either. And we do a single shot block. So the patient really just go home with an immobilizer and a bandage on their shoulder, uh, but no drains or whatsoever. And um, well, uh, up till now, um, 30 patients and um, they're all happy with it. Uh, we had no um, bleeding problems whatsoever. We had two complications to the total group. One patient with a prolonged wound leakage, which was luckily not an infection. And it was one patient who fell a few weeks uh, after their arthroplasty, two weeks after, and they had a, a fracture. So in our view, it's, uh, it's, it's going very well. And uh, we're definitely going to continue it. And we're following up the patients uh, in our prospective study. And uh, well, we're, I think around, if we have 50 patients, we're planning to uh, publish these results. Okay, very nice. Uh, Gregory, do you have a question? I have a few questions. A very interesting paper. I think it's definitely nowadays we have to push towards some cost savings medicine, but also we have to have our patients kept safe. It's very important to screen which patients would be subject to undergo same-day prosthesis. How did you establish your uh, criteria for that? Yes, um, I completely agree. It has to be safe. Uh, in general, uh, it, these are patients who are ASA 1 and 2. Sometimes some patients who are stable ASA 3 are also an option. What we use is called the... Um, have a kijk. Um, and so you use the frailty index, right? So the modified frailty index? Exactly, exactly. We use the modified frailty index uh, to uh, select the patients. That means that uh, if the patients might have a CV and a brain problem in the, in the past or a cardiac problem, if they have one or two things, it's not a problem. They can still be done in daycare. So if they have diabetes, only if patients have really multiple problems, then they're not allowed to be done in daycare when they stay one extra night. So yeah, I think we are quite liberal. We have a very, a very uh, one of our anesthesiologists is very fanatic in the whole uh, daycare uh, medicine. And he, uh, he together made a protocol also based on the hip. And I think that things are going well. It's interesting because you say most of the patients welcome this idea, of course, now with the COVID. Yeah. I saw in the other paper of the, our French uh, colleague, she had still a 38 or so 30 plus dropout because people wanted to stay in hospital. And then even the patients who accepted 12% dropped out, which is quite significant. So I think there's maybe something culture, cultural going on there. You think in the Netherlands, people are a bit more, I mean, keen to go back home or you have less comfortable beds in the hospital, maybe. <laughs> or the food is worse, maybe. Mentalities we should change. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's all about the mentality. It's all uh, about training your staff. Uh, so educating your patient and educating your physiotherapist and the nurses. As soon as there's someone in the hospital who says, whoa, you're going down the same day. No, no, that never happens. Then it's not going to happen. So it's really important to motivate everyone. Uh, so we did a lot of work in uh, training the, uh, the nurses and everyone to really getting the same mindset. 
And what I think is a big success in my hospital is that we put these patients uh, in the outpatient clinic. So these are, they're in the same room with the uh, ACL reconstructions and the cuff repair, the meniscectomies. So now, you know, I'm doing my clinic and at four o'clock, they're already uh, calling me, you know, can you come? The patient wants to go home because everybody is leaving. They're in the same room. Everybody is leaving. So they're like, why am I still here? So I think that is a very important thing. And the other thing is that the, the block, the nerve block is really doing great work. So the patients have very little uh, anesthesia. Uh, so they just sleep a little bit. As soon as the surgery is over, they're, they're already fit again. They get these high doses of dexamethasone, where they, where, uh, in which way they're also very extra fit. And they're just motivated after a few hours uh, just to leave the, the hospital already. What about interscaline catheter? Did you use any or do you think a block is better? Single dose? Uh, well, I think at least a single block is working definitely good enough. Uh, I always phone up the patients myself the next day. Uh, and there are, there are, of course, are some patients who have some pain the next morning. But I never have the story, you know, like I woke up at three o'clock screaming. It's, it just wears out slowly. And um, I think there's no reason uh, to use a catheter. I think uh, the single block for us at least is just working very well. And I think it's more comfortable for the patient. Absolutely agree. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. So, but you do these uh, blocks ultrasound guided, right? Yeah, exactly. The anesthesiologist. How much um, anesthetics do you take and and which one? Yeah, I will look it up. Um, yeah, they use 20 uh, milliliter levobufocaine 0.5%. Okay. And um, did you have any dropouts because of pain? No, I looked it up. There were three patients who did stay an extra night. And for one, there was just, um, uh, there was no social support. Uh, there has to be someone at home for the first 24 hours. That doesn't have to be medical whatsoever, uh, but it has to be someone. And it turned out that she was all alone and there was no, nobody in the family who was willing uh, to, take, to, take after her, to look after her for 24 hours. And, well, and two patients just, well, they just felt like they rather stayed in the hospital. And do you give them extra painkillers for the night when the block does not work so they can take opiates, for example? Yeah, they get, uh, so they get recommended to use paracetamol, uh, eight pills a day. They can uh, to use naproxen for the first three days. Uh, and if they want, they can use some oxycodone. Okay. And are you not afraid of some infections when you give these people dexamethasone? Um, no, we're doing the same thing for the hips and knees as well. And what about preoperatively? Can you, do you have any fast track uh, consultations? to optimize the states of your patients, to make sure that the perioperative period goes uh, as smoothly as possible? Mm, you mean like physiotherapy or? No, you just you do a good workup, you screen them well with the specialist fast-track consultation where they can, uh, they can have a look at the metabolism, optimize it, and make sure they're really fit for the operation. Mm. No, I don't think we really do that. We just see the patients one or two times in clinics and we discuss the surgery. We give this information booklet with all the extra information. They go to the anesthesiologist just to be checked uh, and that's it. And you said that you only included uh, ASA 1 and 2 patients. What is this proportion of patients compared to the general population that undergoes a shoulder arthroplasty? Is it... Significant because often they're all a bit frail, they have 
they have uh, yeah anticoagulation for some reason. Yeah, I just look. Uh, I asked my um, uh, my research nurse to look it up. Uh, there was of the thirty three patients, there was one ASA one, twenty two were ASA two, and six were even ASA three. So uh, if you look at it, it's two thirds of it are uh, ASA two. But even some are as a three. Uh, that's interesting. So you won't um, you won't step back if someone is as a three. Yeah. So that's a bit based on these uh, uh, the index that we use. Uh, so we're not really using the ASA classification. We're using this modified frailty index, uh, which means that if they have uh, two or three smaller stuff, then it's still okay to do surgery. Yeah. So we are a bit pushing it. Mm, okay. I I can imagine that if the if the patient enters the room. You, you can tell very quickly if, if this uh, one qualifies for, for one-day surgery or same-day discharge should sur surgery or not. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. It's really the, if you have a bit of the vibe with the patient. And, but I think, yeah, so I think there's a big role of the surgeon just to, uh, and the way you present it to the patients. And if you present it that it's a, just a logic treatment, um, then they're much more uh, motivated for it. Do you get the same money for this operation in the Netherlands if you discharge them on the same day, or do you get more when you leave them for a couple of days in the in the hospital, as we have, for example, in Germany or in Switzerland with the DRG system? Yeah, that is uh, uh, also a problem in the Netherlands. The hospital that I work, they have like a five-year set uh, of money. So it's not a problem at all how long the patient stays in the hospital. But in the more uh, private uh, clinics, uh, this is a problem. And they try to reduce the amount of money that you get. And it's much more interesting to keep the patient in for a few days, for a hip or a knee, than to do it in daycare. But in my view, it's, it's of course, a very strange situation. So you get sort of, you get financially punished now if you do a modern one-day treatment in the Netherlands. And you think these patients get less complications compared to inpatients? Um, hopefully. But uh, I don't think it will make a very big difference if the patient stay, if you do it in daycare, if the patient stays for one night. I, f I think that both is a good option. I, I definitely believe in a fast track. So I think it definitely we're taking better care of the patient if they if you do it in zero days or one day, I think it's a lot better than the patient stays for four or five days at least. Does it make a big difference, daycare or one day? I don't think it will make a big difference. And did, did you look at the literature? I, I, I saw a few studies, recent ones, but they, they, are comp they have comparative groups, but both groups are really not the same. They compare healthy patients as outpatients and sick, sicker patients as inpatients. Exactly, yeah. So that it's really hard to, uh, to compare. And there's also, and internationally, there's a big difference. In America, they do daycare, and then often they go to a, like a nursing home. Uh, in our situation, they really go home to their own house. But yeah, I think with all these uh, bacteria in the hospital, I think you're better off at home. If it's safe, I think you're better off at home. As you've pointed out, yeah, you need a good social, social system implemented. So how does it work? You have a nurse calling them on day one or you have somebody checking in? No, so the, the, so, uh, the surgeon, me and my colleague, we call up the patient the next day. And after three days, two or three days, the nurses call them up as well. So the distance from their home to the hospital, is this a limitation? Like say somebody lives out in the, in the, in the, in the, on the countryside 
Would you consider him as an outpatient as well? Uh, yeah, for me personally, it's not a problem, but we have a very small country. So I think uh, most patients live within one hour or something. So for me, it's not a problem, but I can imagine in bigger countries that this can be a problem. And Dirk, do you have, do you have friends and colleagues, orthopedic colleagues and shoulder surgeons in the Netherlands who say, ah, there's this uh, Dirk van Kampen, he's doing one day uh, um, surgery for shoulder prosthesis. I want to do it too. Do you have friends like this? <laughs> yeah, I've got, there are now a few who, um, who asked for the protocol and who are going to start up. But the financial thing is a, is a big problem. So uh, everybody's worried that they will start cutting down on the uh, prices for the, uh, for the treatment. And Gregory, in, in Switzerland, would that be possible in your hospital to do it in one day? Look, in, in Geneva, the patients, are, they need their comfort. They like staying in the hospital as long as possible. And usually we have to push them out a little bit. But I think culturally, we use having inpatients at least one or two nights just to make sure the, player, the, the, the block wears off and we can manage the pain. But it's definitely, I agree with Dirk. I find that people with their arthroplasty are less painful than patients after a rotator cuff repair, for instance. So I think this is definitely a field where we can push towards outpatient care. That's why I found that Dirk's study a very interesting this uh, aspect. And are they in Switzerland? Are they doing hips, uh, hips in daycare? Some centers do, but it's still quite rare. A lot also because of a big uh, financial uh, drawback. Yeah, because personally, I think it's easier to do a shoulder in daycare than to do a hip in daycare. Of course, yeah, for the patient as well, I guess you can go home with a knee. Yeah, and. Uh, Did you experience any falls in your series? Because I saw uh, there was a paper that said that there was more falls in the outpatient and inpatient uh, cohort with 10% fall in the outpatient compared to one in the inpatient. Do you think that would be a, a concern? Uh, that, they, that, they f that they fall at home, you mean? That they trip over? The outpatient uh, cohort. You didn't notice any falls in your series? Yeah, we have one patient after two weeks. Um, yeah, I don't know. This can happen, but uh, I think yeah. So the social uh, the social support is important. But uh, I must say, in my uh, experience, which is a small group, of course, uh, only 30 patients. But um, if I see the patients after surgery, if they had their uh, if the block was uh, was done well, they just have a small. Uh, 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 the narcosis was very uh, limited, so they're just very fit a few hours after surgery. So I'm not so much worried about that. But I've, so I think that makes a big difference. If these patients get a lot of tranquilizers, if they use a lot, a lot of oxycodone, then there's then that's definitely a risk. But uh, I think with the, the limited medication they get uh, in our country, uh, I think it's not a very big problem. Very interesting study, Derek, and um, I think many of our colleagues will uh, want to try it. At least I think I would like to try it because um, it makes totally sense to me. And to summarize, I mean, it's a financial problem because the insurers pay for staying in the hospital, not for leaving the hospital. Um, but um, yeah, and in the end, it's a teamwork between the surgeon and the anesthesiologist and the pain management, which I think is absolutely crucial part of it. So uh, thank you very much for this uh, interesting interview. And I am sure we will hear more from you and your um, group in the Netherlands because I think you will 
um, continue to do this surgery and give us some more data on long-term outcomes and perspectives on same-day discharge shoulder arthroplasty. So thank you very much. Well, thank you very much for your time. Enjoy talking about it. <laughs> okay. So, um, Gregory, do you have another question? You think you're going to expand these studies with more patients and maybe include a comparative group? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's what I would like. Uh, but most uh, other clinics are, are complaining about the money. So uh, we are also doing this study uh, with our e-poster with the direct active e rehab with the shoulder arthroplasty. And we're now doing that in three different uh, hospitals. So we're really trying to, um, to expand it to, to extend it to other uh, hospitals. But the financial thing is a problem. Okay. So thank you, guys. Uh, thank you for this very nice interview. And um, yeah, I will sure we will, we will hear more from you, Derek. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I wish you a nice rest of the week and have a good time. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, Robert. Okay, Gregory. Um, now, final question. Are you, going to, <laughs> are you going to do your next arthroplasty in one-day surgery? I definitely think about it. The problem is in, um, in Geneva, we have very comfortable beds. So people <laughs> tend to like to, to spend some nights in the hospital. But, well, in my practice, I keep them maybe a couple of nights, honestly. And I find they're not too painful compared to other surgeries that we do. So, I mean, if, uh, if you have a good selected patient uh, population, then... It's definitely a way to go. What about you, Robert? Have you done it? I, I think, you know, sometimes when we go uh, over the board and visit patients, and then I see some patients who had a rotator cuff repair, huge repair, and they are super painful. And the next, the, the patient next to it had a prosthesis, let's say a reverse for cuff orthopathy, and there's no pain at all. And this is a very constant observation. So... In my hands, sometimes uh, huge cuff repairs are more painful than a prosthesis. So I, I think sometimes, well, something is about it. And um, I, I think we will definitely have to, to, to go for this. But it's a team project. So as the authors say, it's not only the surgeon and so on. It's, it's, it's all of them. It's a huge team. It's the anesthesiologist and it's the social support at the family. They have to understand everything and you have to, well, you need a team in the hospital that is there for any questions or help. But it's a great paper and it's a great way to think about uh, treating your patients. Absolutely. I think it reflects a lot about the improvements that we can do in our global health networks to support this kind of, uh, of, uh, of procedures and, and care. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but maybe in Germany we have to take a little bit care because once we say we do one-day surgery, the insurance will say, okay, then we don't pay. That is a big problem as well. And one of the reasons why I think this shift towards same-day surgery is is being very slow and, and cautious. Yeah, and it's depending on national healthcare systems, and there's a huge variety in Europe. But uh, for sure, if it works and if we can get patients safely through such a procedure and put them in, a, in the home setting in one day, uh, same day discharged uh, surgery setting, 
I think for some patients this could be a big improvement. So thank you very much and thank you very much, Gregor, for being here. Thank you, Robert. So this was the SESEC podcast on same-day discharge shoulder arthroplasty is a safe option, prospective cohort study with the author Dirk van Kampen from the Dicklander Ziekenhuis in Horn, a city 20 kilometers north from Amsterdam in the Netherlands, and together with my very special guest, Dr. Gregory Cunningham from Genève in Switzerland. My name is Robert Hudek. Thank you very much for listening and I hope to hear you soon.